Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Ross, and this is Relationomics, the show where we talk about everything related to business, life, and relationships. And today I had the privilege of being joined by my good friend Bob Kalinske. Bob is the regional partner for Keller Williams in the Southeast, and he has the franchise rights for all of Georgia, Alabama, part of Florida, and most of Tennessee. And we're going to talk about how he's grown that business literally from scratch here in the Southeast to be extremely impactful in a high presence. So you're going to learn a lot today as we join in this conversation with Bob and we all grow together. Hey Bob, man, thanks for joining me today. It's great to have you here. I'm bothered to be here, Randy. <laughs> I can't wait to see what's going to happen. <laughs> well, we got a lot to talk about, but uh, the thing I really value the most is our friendship because we've been Amen. through a lot together. We've made some great memories and we've got many more to make. Um, for full disclosure, we are, we're selling buddies. We got certified as barefoot captains together in Pensacola. Uh, and I actually- You got certified, I'm certifiable. <laughs> well, I, I thought about bringing a piece of rope today <laughs> and making you tie your knots because I, I, I drug you through the knot test. You saved me in the knotty. The knotty world, you saved me big. Yeah, we're getting ready to actually head over to uh, the Grecian Islands in a couple of weeks with our girls. And to test our sailing abilities with the captain. That's right, with a the hired, captain. Hired That's captain. That's right. We'll make sure that everything's good on international waters. Right. Yeah. The full disclosure, you also have to say that you married I'm, Linda and I. Uh, right. I didn't marry you, but you I married you, you and Linda. Me, but I you performed the ceremony. Performed the ceremony. That's right. right. I did. And, and you guys are still together, so I must have done a good job. I, the glue's holding. All right. Good. Good, good. Well, I have looked forward to this uh, time together, and there's so much stuff I want to unpack. You are a wealth of information. And uh, for those who may not know, you have a rich uh, history with Keller Williams. You've been uh, actually the regional uh, partner for Keller Williams in the Southeast now 21, almost 22 years. Started the Southeast region in 1999 with a partner. So I'm a co-owner, but I'm the regional operating partner. But I got with Keller Williams in 97, opened the first office in New Orleans in 98, where I'm from, right. and then came to Atlanta. Okay, so back up, because I know, I know a little bit of the story, but I want everybody else to enjoy this as well. You left New Orleans, uh, but you had uh, some business endeavors there. Uh, one was a, a restaurant that, that well, was meteoric, you, and then it kind of fell if off. You want, if you want the history here. Yeah, give me, okay. give me the background. Graduated from Tulane, yep. an electrical engineer as an MBA. Went to work for IBM. That's kind of the guy's dream back in the 60s, of course. Worked with the IBM for a while, went to the service for two years, came back, worked for IBM, and didn't like corporate work. Did not like the corporate world. Had an opportunity to go with a small company, doing kind of the same thing. Went with that company, had all the promise, unfortunately it failed. Mm -hmm. So two other guys and myself formed a smaller company of that type. So you're working your way down. Work, I'm working my <laughs> way down, okay? And it went out of business. So by 30 years old, I'm married, one child, and neither wife or child or provider has an income. Okay. Went looking for something in either the money or the real estate business because I knew that's where fortunes were made. Looked around town, got a job. Well, it was, we started a small real estate company in 72. I was the business guy, the other guy was the sales guy. And we built it up to a four person office or four offices with 400 agents. Sold it in 1979, just as the real estate market was getting the crash. We were the smartest guys on earth. Paid off the loans, kept the money in the pocket. We were, we were cool dudes. Yep. 
1980, we opened a restaurant. Neither one of us knew how to cook. Bought a franchise. This would be great. All the other franchises we saw were making tons of money lines out the door. Four months of that, our restaurant started to crash. Three years later, we turned the keys into the bank. Total failure. I mean, it was just, it was de devastating. I'm 38 years old, went back in the real estate business. Okay, time out. Let's slow down, slow down. So you worked for corporate America. Yeah. Didn't necessarily care for that gig. No. Kind of started working your way through the system and decided you yeah. wanted to land on real estate, which you did. You I did. Very yeah. successful. And then you took your money from that endeavor, invested in a restaurant, which looked great at first, but it crashed. Right. It bombed. It bombed. And, and then, so you, you're coming off the, the heels of this failure. Yeah. It, 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 it went, went belly, belly up. up. Belly up. And so, how did you how did you kind of regain your composure? How did you regain your equilibrium? And what'd you do? I had to look. If you asked me this question, why was happening? I probably couldn't answer the question. But looking back, it was, I guess, the theory of one foot in front of the other, never give up. Because if you did, I didn't know what happened. I had three children by that time. Yeah. And uh, lifestyle of a certain nature. And it was like, okay, how do I recover from this? I'm 38 years old, and of course, degreed in my mind. You know, you know, I've been educated, but the world was not working out the way that I had pre-designed it to work. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So it was negotiate, keep working, get another job, go back into go back into what you know. I went out of what I knew into something I didn't know, and didn't have the control mind of say, okay, how do you run a restaurant at this level? I thought about a franchise. We actually bought a restaurant, and that was a big mistake on my part. If I had to go back and erase one thing, I'd say, stick with what you know, yeah. or get into something where you learn from somebody that knows what they're doing, and don't put all your money in one place. So you decided to go back into real estate. Right. And that was in, I guess, what, uh, 1980. Actually, okay. the restaurant was open one year, and I said, I know it was failing. Went back to work for a large company in New Orleans. Worked my way up to vice president, general manager for residential and commercial, and good career. A lot of fun, great people, it's a fine company. Turned a little corporate, okay, and I probably had something to do with that. Um, and then things started happening, like dominoes. Number one, my wife got cancer in 1996. She eventually died of cancer in 97. My children started leaving, going to college. In fact, the year my wife died, my last child went to college. So I'm an empty nester, a widower, and I got fired. Wow. All pretty much in the same, uh, say, 24-month period. So that's a lot of hits in a short period of time. A lot of hits. A lot of hits. My psychiatrist or therapist or whatever <laughs> you do, grief manager, yeah. told me if you've done one more thing, like sell your house, that's the suicide formula. Oh, great. Yeah. How that's, about that? That's encouraging. But I learned that after. Yeah, not, it's a good thing. Not during. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, I'm saying, okay, God was watching out over me. Right. So since I knew I had no career, I was at a career cul-de-sac with the company I was in, got a phone call, Keller Williams, take an interest look, make a long story a little shorter, ended up joining Keller Williams, buying the franchise rights for one office in New Orleans where I was from. And that gave me the opportunity to buy the regional development franchise for Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. But here I have this sort of empty box mm -hmm. with an opportunity. It's like getting raw land that's 
What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Okay. Well, I knew kind of what to do with it, but I didn't know anybody to do it with. And I'm now, after 56 years, 57 years, where I was born and raised in New Orleans, being transplanted to areas I didn't know. But here was my logic. All my kids went to the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Okay. My mother's from Tennessee. All right. And I knew that all the money was in Atlanta. <laughs> so I said, that triangle has got to be successful. That was a good geographic right, good, good spot to focus spot. in on. But I, I knew that it was something the real estate business could use, the model that Gary Keller invented. I said, if I were to develop a company today after 25 years of being in the business, I would develop this company. So rather than try and redevelop something, I bought the franchise, convinced him that I could take it on. Could take it on. I was shaking in my boots because I was in that zone, that not suicide zone, but trauma zone. Keller Williams essentially saved that part of my life. So, okay, back up. You're in New Orleans. You got the, the Keller Williams office there. You buy well, the- Well, Gary made me open that office first. He said, oh, I'm not okay. letting so you- So he wanted to test you. I am not letting you go develop until you open, operate, make profitable, and replace yourself. Got it. And here's his analogy. He says, Bob, if you're gonna buy a trucking company, don't you think you ought to drive the truck first? Okay. And I'm, I'm Polish and I'm somewhat I'm a Virgo and a little bit of logic. And I said, you know, I can't, I cannot argue with this man. Yeah. I didn't want to do it because I was pretty important and pretty seasoned and I knew how to do a lot of these things. He was bringing me back down to preschool. Okay. But you did. You did, did it in it. New Orleans. Did it. It was proved, a rough start. Rough start. Right. But which proved your mettle. You earned the right. Message. Message here. I was too smart for my own good at that point. Why? A, I was older than Gary. Oh, okay. B, I had 25 years experience. I'd bought and sold companies, merged companies, done all these things with the company I was with. And he wanted me to go right back down to the ground floor instead of operating from the penthouse where I thought I should be, go build your own building and start with the underground parking. So that's a humbling experience. It's What's the lesson you learned through all that? That you don't know everything. Yeah. You really don't. And not all things that look alike behind the facade could be very different. Because mm. a real estate company, listen, sell houses, have agents, have offices. But who I work for and what I help develop over here is completely, not completely, but enough difference over here that it takes going back to school in it. So Gary demoted you to private. And so you had to go back, oh, learn yeah. all the I basics. Was, I was flying high where I was. <laughs> but, but here's the fascinating part to me. So you come out here to Atlanta and you've got this great opportunity, but you have no connections. So how do you how do you build an organization from scratch like you built at Keller Williams? Because let's, let's put this in context. Keller Williams is the largest real estate company in the country now. Right, and in, the, and, and in one company, the world. Okay, so the world. With Worldwide, we're the largest company in the world. I but may there be, was no... I may be misspeaking a little bit, but we are this far from if okay. we're not. It's impressive. It's impressive. We'll leave Very it at impressive. That. But you moved out here and there was no presence of Keller Williams at all. Not in one Florida, agent, not one Georgia, office. Alabama. No. You started it all here in the Southeast. How'd you do that? Well, let's talk about that because right. that's it's another lesson I learned. Nobody succeeds alone. Mm -hmm. So I came from New Orleans in my little Toyota, my Toyota Forerunner, manuals in the back, first time to Atlanta except for the airport. I'm driving in, and this is one thing I'll never forget, never forget in my entire life. There's a hill right by uh, Six Flags, and I knew the 285 was next because I knew the signs I was going to have to get on 285. Busy, everybody's 
I was listening to a book on tape, motivational book on tape. Sure. So I pull over, and I can I looked up from the from listening to the book, just where am I? And I saw the the Atlanta skyline, beautiful shot right from that hill. I've been there a couple of times since. Randy, I'm gonna tell you, within the period of a nanosecond, I had two feelings, just like lightning hit me. One was total excitement, and the other was total fear. I mean, it was just crashing together. And I said, that was the start. That was the real start, where I ro almost rolled downhill to 285. But here's what I did, and this was Gary's coaching. He was trying to build my private up to my colonel again, but up to general this time. Didn't know it, thought about it, but he said, Bob, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go find somebody that knows the market and partner with them. I did one better. I found somebody the market knew. Right. Kev is my partner, yeah. who, you, who you met. So you say, how did I build it? I built it by joining in a partnership with an incredibly icon-talented person that basically I said, I'll sell you half the region. In fact, I was in one to sell her just Georgia. And she came back at me and she says, no, I'm gonna buy something, I'm gonna buy all of it with you. That told me something right there. I said, go get her. Okay, because Gary said, go find three people, one for Georgia, one for Tennessee, one for Alabama. Well, when I met Kay, after hearing her name a thousand times, you know, in the circuit, made the decision, I told Gary, I said, I think I found somebody, to, all three three and one, and sure enough, it turned out that way. Wow, so, so I like I, it. I brought the systems and the burn learn from opening that New Orleans office, messing it up totally until I finally made a profit. I was really smart, I knew what to do. So I didn't follow the model. That I bought a franchise and then opened my own company. Whoever's listening to this, don't do that. <laughs> it's like getting a recipe book and then making your own meal. Why buy the recipe book? Right. So I went back and I knew what I brought to the table with Kay was, I knew the systems, I'd been burn learned, and I understood what the model was. What she brought to the table was incredible connections, an amazing reputation, and respect. And that gave us a spot to start from. Well, a couple of things on back up. You said that when you sat there on the side of the road on the outskirts of Atlanta, you were filled with two emotions. One was absolute fear. Oh, yeah. And the other was absolute excitement. Don't you think that those two have to play together when you start any new endeavor? I mean, people who have no fear are probably foolish. But people who have no excitement have no passion for what they're doing. And so you've got I to agree. get the butterflies to fly in formation. That's the first thing. But then secondly, great lesson, you have to surround yourself with people who know the business and know other people. It's all about relationships because business is powered by relationships. So you surrounded yourself with Kay, and you built an extraordinary there, there team. There are main relationships, there are other relationships, and there are what I call tied-to relationships. But that main relationship, if that one goes off-center, everything's off-center. Agreed. And you and Kay have been tightly knit together over these last 17 years. And we've had our family spats. Oh, of course. And we have our different styles. I mean, if you meet us, you talk to us together, it's like, these two really love each other, but boy, I can tell you they're different styles. And I would bet you in the back room there's some real serious discussions. And yes, sir, there have been. But each we have grown because of those. But see, that's the key. I mean, you're, you're like brother and sister. You, you love each other deeply, but you fight. <laughs> the balance of gifts between the two of you, I think, is what propelled you over the top. 
because it's your diversity that's sharp in both of you. Gary Kelly himself said he's probably seen no better partnership in his system hmm. than Bob and Kay. What a compliment. What a compliment. That's what great. But it's like epoxy glue. I don't know if you remember epoxy glue. Oh, sure. Came in two tubes. Put, put it together and One mix it tube up. by itself, didn't do much, two right. by itself, and then it became Gorilla Glue now. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's the name of it? Yeah. Yes. She, sometimes she was the wood, I was the sandpaper. Sometimes I was the wood and she was the sandpaper. Got it. But in all those cases, it sort of like naturally took place because we had the same goals, uh, pretty much the same character traits, values, value system, and beliefs. Although we came from two different angles. Yeah. That's been and fun to watch. It's, it's, been, it's been incredible. I mean, I, I, I pinch myself, Randy, on occasion to say, you know, really? Really? Well, I, I text, I'm going to tell you, I texted her this morning. Did you? I'm sitting and getting ready to do my day today. And I, I hadn't talked to her in a while. I texted her and said, thank you for helping me build an incredible life. She texted me back about an hour later. Thank you for giving me an incredible opportunity. Love it. Now, we haven't talked to each other probably in two, three weeks. Well, because you both backed away from the business quite yes, a bit. Right, it's right. kind of running itself, but it's wildly successful. It's running itself because we have great talent running it. Exactly. Again, right. back to the people. Back to the people. So at this stage of life, one of the things I appreciate about you is that you're giving back to young people. And one of the ways that you've done that is uh, kind of coaching, mentoring uh, students who have some experience, but they're coming back to school to get their MBA. And I think you're working with Kennesaw State and Georgia Tech. Right. So, so talk to me a little bit about what are some lessons that you would impart to young people in business who want to have a high impact and, and really want to make a difference with their lives? What, what would you say about building business? Very good question. It's going to, probably going to be a, a tangential answer because I thought about that when I first met my first mentee. Okay, what do I do? I'm in a different profession they're in, so I decided one thing was I'm going to stay as a sort of a life board where you bounce off things that have happened to me could happen to them and not get into the coaching because I didn't know enough about their business mm -hmm. nor about the program. Okay. I got an MBA back in the 60s. Well, the EMBA today is, I mean, I'm sure it's completely different. I said, let the teachers and the coaches handle the curriculum and the projects and all that, except for some logistics I might be able to help out with. I meet with them to talk about the things of who they are what, what's their goals, what they're trying to be, what, what lessons can I impart with them that happened to me, stories I just told you, that will help them decipher who they are and challenges that come their way, how they're gonna handle it. Mm -hmm. One of the first questions I ask them is, I said, what's holding you back? So I always give them some homework, I said, and it's got to do with their homework. What's holding you back? What personal traits, what positional situations, and I make them come and talk to me about, well, I didn't, I didn't realize this. So it starts other conversations. It brings in family. It brings in spouse. It brings in what their personality DNA is. And so wherever that goes, I kind of follow. And there's certain things that I have in my repertoire of lessons I've learned, okay, you know, like one foot in front of the other, um, the difference between effective and efficient, okay, Okay, little things I've learned along the way. Okay, talent versus busy, staying busy versus being productive. Uh, and we talk about those things. And the one thing I always impress upon them is I believe you're in school to learn more about you than learn the information that's in the curriculum that you paid for. I, I totally agree with that. I said most students go to school, including myself, 
to learn what they're teaching you so you can go out and apply it and earn money with it. That's, at least that's the way it was in the 60s. But it's really not about the subject matter. It's really about you learning how yeah. to manage life and how to manage But they don't teach. they don't teach that. Learning and application. They don't teach that. They don't teach how to evaluate yourself. No. So, well, maybe that's what experiences life do. And so I'm here at this age in life and things I've done or not done and had happened to me that I can mentor. So a mentor is supposed to help the student avoid some things. What I find interesting is the non, the non avoidance is where you learn. Mm. The avoidance is I got by. Yeah. That's right. Okay, it's like I didn't. Get, I was speeding and I saw the cop. I didn't get a ticket. That doesn't teach you not to speed. Agreed. It's when you get pulled over and <laughs> you're given a fat big ticket. So let me think about this at least for a while. Mentoring for me, they actually give to me, Randy. That I, I I get as much and maybe more out of it, the experience than they do. Well, you and I've talked about this a lot, and that's that's always the case. Whenever you give to other people you always get back more than you think that you've given because uh, the joy of watching young people grow, the experience of being able to impart yeah. your information, the fun the, your is, knowledge. I still have a great relationship with the very first mentee I had. I like that. Which was six years ago. We still stay in a relationship. We don't see each other that often. No. We talk, we email every once in a while, because uh, most of them are Atlanta-based. Uh, they're in town, I have, we have lunch. Yeah. And I listen to what has happened to them. That's good. And some of them have gone, they'll, they'll say, Bob, you told me this. I don't remember it, but they do. <laughs> That's more important. All right, so talk to me for a second. You've got a thousand anecdotes about business, and you've got tons and tons of lessons that you can and you do impart regularly to your team and to these young people that you're mentoring. But I guess overall, what, what are some of the biggest life lessons that you've learned over your career? Well, one is you, nobody succeeds alone. Number two is, and somebody else told me this, so I'm, I'm repeating what told me, but it captures. You can never make a good deal with a bad man, and you can never make a bad deal with a good man. Hmm. And so it's like, that's not about talent, that's about character. Agreed. I mean, there are companies you and I both know that have built strictly on character and culture. That's right. And because of that, they're highly successful. The byproduct was money. Mm -hmm. The real product was relationships. Exactly. And I'm thinking, okay, I wish I'd have learned that earlier. Well, and as you talk to young people too, you're talking about getting to know yourself. I mean, you've got to understand who you are, who you're wired to be, what your passions are. You know, someone once said, you, whatever, whatever breaks your heart or makes your heart bleed and whatever makes your heart beat, you know, what are the passion points? Knowing yourself well that's enough a good to way know, to put it. that's a real know, good way to put it. What do you want to do with your life? How, to combine your your passion and your strengths to solve a problem. What's the biggest problem you can find? Wrap yourself around it. You know, while you're talking, the two things. Uh, in fact, I tell this to Linda and my kids. Two things that make me happy: making someone else smile and helping them help them not solve it, but help them solve a problem. Hmm bringing their talent, awareness, or whatever it is, to solve the problem. It's not doing it for them, but sort of being the catalyst for them doing it. Those two things, are that's why I love to teach. Yeah. I still teach in my company. That's why I love to mentor. Uh, you, you know my wife very well. Yes, I do. Okay, and my kids. And uh, they always say, Dad, Dad, rein it in. 
They don't say it all times words, but they say it with their eyes. I don't want to ram it. You don't want to slow down. I'm having too much fun. Yeah. I'll kid with anybody because my job in the public, for my my heart, is to bring a smile. Okay, so so let me pick up on that because you're talking about making people smile. You're talking about solving problems. One of the things that you've done as of late is called Auto Gift, and, and yes. I love this. So <laughs> talk about Auto Gift. Well. Do you know how it started? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this is not for my benefit. A, re a recap. A yeah, recap. recap. Okay. So uh, I traded an older car in, and I was told in many, by many directions, you've succeeded. Go buy a new car. I never bought a new car for me. Never bought a new car for me. The, no, I'll take it back. When I graduated from MBA, I bought a brand-new Pontiac, $3,300 GTO. Back then. Loved it. Yeah, but your right. Ford, Ford, your, your Toyota 4Runner was yeah, not a new car when you drove out here to Atlanta. Every car since then has been a used <laughs> car based on economic principle, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm driving around this car and it's, it's missing a few things. I'm not complaining too much, but I'm sort of pointing out some stuff. Go buy a new car. Somewhat under duress because I don't buy new cars. Okay. But I bought a new car. All right. So I'm driving around in this car and I'm not happy. This car has not made me happy. It costs a lot of money. You were thinking about the depreciation on the new no, car. No, I, 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 I wanted the stuff on my old car. It was like <laughs> old shoes versus new shoes. I, I just I like my car. Plus, I thought I paid way too much for the four wheels get you there no matter what brand name it is, okay? Right. You know, air conditioning, radio, and four wheels, you yep. got to get there. Right. So I'm bitching. I mean, I'm <laughs> and finally, my daughter says to me, because she and I ride together, and she's cut out of the, her mother's mold, and she's okay, Dad. I've been riding with you for 30 minutes. All you do is you got a brand new car, really expensive, and all you do is bitch about it. Why don't you sell it and get your money back? I said, ah, you can't do that, depreciation, da, da, da. She says, well, you have another 100,000. What would you do with it if you had the money? And I remember it, I bought my son, my first son's car for $2,000, he was gonna trade it in. And I gave it away to a girl that was in Every Woman Works program that was help disadvantaged single moms. And the thrill that I got, I'm a, I may break up here. The thrill that I got by giving that car away. I said, you know what? Take the $100,000, buy 50 cars, and give them away. You know what she said? Well, then do that. Do it. That was the birth of our gift. Actually, the first car was the, gift, the birth, but that was the impetus. Another friend of mine who you know, Steve Miller, took me to lunch one day after my talking about it for about a year. He says, okay, when are you going to stop talking and start doing this stuff? I said, well, I'm going to do it next month. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> he says, well, how much money do you commit to it? He made me commit to a large sum of money over a 10-year period. Then he asked me, and I says, I know you, Bob. You don't do things. You delegate everything. So who are you going to delegate this to? He knows on, you well. He knows me well. <laughs> and on the way, well, that's one of the things I learned. Yeah. How to get things done is you delegate to talented people and you have accountability. That's a pattern, a formula for success, which I learned from other people. So on the way back, I get on my phone and I call my regional office. And I have Lisa Romine, who runs our regional office, is a, a, a resource like you wouldn't believe. Some people have somebody like it working with them, but not many. I said, at least I need another you. I want to start an organization, but I don't want to do it with anything less than another you. Put the word out. God thing. 
20 minutes later, she calls me back and says, guess who's available? Angela Eagle. Well, Angela used to run nine offices of Keller Williams in the tunnels. I used to call her the glue. She kept it together. Well, Angela works for the day in Autogym. That's awesome. And we have worked out an organization of just three of us, a car advocate, a people advocate, working through other agencies that serve disadvantaged single moms. Yeah. And through a process of application approval and car finding and matching with a certain amount of budget constraints, we buy the cars or accept cars donated and give them away. And it's called Auto Gift Philanthropy. And you've given away how many cars now? Uh, last year we got to 51 cars that we gave away, and this year we're on track for about the same, but we're, we're trying to upgrade uh, the numbers and also the quality. Love it. It's great stuff. It is great stuff. And that's that what makes, that makes, it, 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 that it, makes it, other people smile and makes you smile. It makes other people smile. That's great. So one of the questions I'm always fond of asking, if, if there's one thought or idea or principle that you can impart to people that we haven't talked about yet, what would it be? Whoa. Keep your word. Keep your word. Just keep your word. Live and speak the truth. However you want to put it. And surround yourself with people of character. We've already talked about that. Well, yeah. You, but even if you, not everybody has a character. I can say I've had a lot of character flaws that have been pointed out to me and some I've discovered on my own. Don't we all? But we grow through yeah, that. Yeah, you grow from those. Hey, it's keep your word. Keep your word. If you're going to say it, some people say, well, if you're going to say it, that's good enough for me. I said, well, in business, no. If your word's what you say it is, you don't mind writing it down. If something happens to you, your word dies with you, and I want your word on paper. It's not personal. It's professional. Mm -hmm. Just the way it should be done. It's today's uh, professional handshake. When my dad was running a business, and when I came up, you know, you can say, shake the hand, but the legal system, the social media system, or whatever all these systems are that are coming up, <laughs> uh, require you now to put your word in a different context. Right. But it should not be different than I look at you, you look at me, and I say, I'll do that. Okay, so can I have your word on something? Uh-oh. You'll come back to the show again, and we'll continue the conversation. I'll give you time. my word on that one. I'd love to come you back. put that in writing? I'll put that in writing. <laughs> All right, Doug. <laughs> on a nap deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got plenty more to talk about, and we're going to have some fun time uh, on the boat coming up in Greece to talk through a lot of life issues. But thanks for coming on the show today and talking to us about business, about life, about relationships. Appreciate you. Appreciate the friendship. Appreciate our relationship. You know I do. Thanks for being here, buddy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good.